The following episode is a conversation with George Cargas. George is a founder in residence at Fresh Ventures, a Greek farmer and an agricultural engineer. We dive into the corruption in Greece, the lack of support from the government, the role of European subsidies, the obstacles George faces that prevents him to change the conventional practices of his family farm, how climate change affects the industry, and his vision to create a platform for the new generation of young, educated, regenerative farmers. Today we are sitting down with George. George comes from Greece. Uh, you're clearly uh, dedicated to solving the problem at the root cause. I know during the cohort you were often the guy who was saying, I found the problem, which, yes. <laughs> which made us all, I think, is to a certain extent, laugh. Uh, you're a highly original thinker um, that makes us laugh as well because you say what everyone is thinking, kind of. Uh, you say it honestly out of your chest. Um, you lived in different countries. Yes. Um, and I think it's also interesting with you that you really, you, have, you bring experience from the ground. You're a farmer yourself. Uh, most of us have been involved in agriculture or involved with farming, but you really come from an uh, agricultural background as well. Uh, and also during this program, I saw from yeah from outside uh, perspective that your fuel or your farm itself also kind of changed mm-hmm. um, but first i would like to ask you to introduce yourself in the way you would like to okay leva nice to be here i'm very happy actually i studied mechanical engineering uh, i was being i am being i am part of uh, an agricultural family and uh, my father and I own a, a repair shop. We repair tractors. And uh, yeah, it was obvious that I would like to do something with mechanics. And so mechanical engineer was something that I really wanted to do. And um, then I studied uh, agribusiness management. I done a, a master in agribusiness. And also, yes, I'm a farmer. Uh, I know it doesn't sound uh, sexy, but believe me, it is to become, to be and become a farmer because you provide all this. Uh, from food comes law, you know. <laughs> yeah, I worked a lot with uh, distribution centers, warehouses, a uh, lot of different works, uh, jobs. Uh, I was an insurance agent, so sales was part of my life for six years. And uh, I'm also a musician. I was a professional piano player, but uh, I destroyed my hands. Yeah, and... um, You're a professional? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. What are your passions? My passions... Are music and uh, mechanics, machines, machinery. I want to get my hands dirty and uh, 
when a tractor comes to our repair shop, I really want to find the problem and, you know, destroy everything and then assemble it again. Yeah. It's it's quite beautiful to see a tractor that doesn't work and then it's, it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my journey is like... Um, I I was working in the warehouses of National Bank of Greece and I quit. I went to an island to Kos. It was my best friend there. He's still there. And um, after five months, my father had a heart attack. So I had to go back to my village and uh, help them with the farm. And then COVID came, so I stuck there. And uh, I realized that, okay, maybe my journey, my professional journey stops here and I have to work with land and with farmers. Because before you never worked with the land and farmers. I was working. Or only with the mechanical side. I was working both, but uh, not professionally. Yeah, I was helping my father. I was spending my summers in, in the village. And uh, I was familiar with everything around agriculture, but then I, I became a professional with paying taxes and everything. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a, a forced move. Yes. Um, at the same time, did you enjoy the move in the end from the beginning? Yes, yes, yes. I actually find my found my way yeah. because, uh, as I said before, it, it wasn't sexy to become a farmer, so yeah. my family was forced me to yeah. to go away from the village, away from the fields, and uh, you know get a degree, find yeah. a better job, and uh, never think about becoming a farmer. Yeah, because they struggling a lot. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, they didn't want that for me. Can you explain me a bit the, the context of, uh, of a farmer in Greece? Yeah, it's quite... Yeah, it's quite... Uh, it's not normal, the situation in Greece around uh, farmers. You know, after these three months uh, here in this cohort in Fresh uh, Studio, I've done a huge research around these problems and I realized that the problem comes from actually EU. Okay. And uh, because of the subsidies. Uh, the subsidies is a huge pain for uh, farmers. They Actually, they don't help them. It's like a charity. And uh, when, specifically in Greece, uh, government came to these farmers, to these uneducated, uneducated farmers, overaged farmers, they gave them money and uh, they told them that our government likes you and we provide you this money. So they didn't invest in agriculture, those money, and they bought a tractor, they bought a, a new car, they build their house, they restore their, their houses. Were the subsidies which were dedicated in the beginning yes. to improve 
agricultural uh, yes agriculture industry yes yes but the main uh, the main aspect of this problem was that we are used to produce uh, wine grapes watermelons and then came subsidies and now they pay us uh, 50 years now they pay us to produce cotton without the subsidies is absolutely doesn't make sense to produce cotton in Greece but uh, I don't know why they pay us in order to produce cotton not tomatoes and also Denmark for example produce tomatoes sell them in UK and this year because of the higher costs of energy they couldn't produce tomatoes so from a market perspective it's a weird choice yes. uh, to produce cotton in Greece mm-hmm. because without the subsidies it's not a viable business mm-hmm. interesting yeah so and also in order to get the subsidy you have to declare about 200 kilos per acre Uh, but if you plant 1,000 acres of cotton and you don't do anything, uh, maybe you will produce your yield will be 100 100 kilos per acre. But another farmer, another farmer produced 500 kilos, so gives 100 kilos to Another farmer? Yes. So can, uh, he can cover this gap yeah. and takes the subsidies. Okay. So. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And the other farmer that produces more reduces uh, his profits or reduces his taxes. Yeah. So now you're living in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have dropped things to come to fresh. Um, I'm wondering what motivated you to be part of Fresh. Is there any connection with the situation in Greece? I wanted to improve that, or uh, are there any other drivers to join the Fresh program? Actually, I left Greece because I wanted to broaden my knowledge around agricultural sector because I couldn't invest, and also the main problem is that. My own family doesn't want to invest in agriculture, as a lot of farmers that I speak to. And uh, so I had to find a way because I was, I I am sure that something must change in the way we produce our food, and um, there is an opportunity to make more profit from your fields and uh, while saving the environment, protecting the environment. So I left Greece to find more opportunities, more knowledge, to gain more, more knowledge. And uh, I worked with Agrina. Agrina is a carbon offset company. And then I came here in order to build my own company because there is nothing in the market to actually help farmers. In Greece? 
I think it's not only everywhere. Yeah, I think the problem comes all over the EU because uh, the main problem in EU uh, in the agricultural sector is access to land, and uh, I'm targeting to Greece not only because I come from Greece, but also because CAP Common Agricultural Policy mm-hmm. targets by 18% to settle uh, new farmers to Greece, 18%, 21% in Italy, and 13% in Poland. While the, for the Netherlands, the percentage, this percentage is 0.8. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why they need those three countries to produce more or to settle new farmers in those countries but if you think outside the box there are three more corrupted countries let's say yeah we can say that they are three these are the three corrupted countries yeah in the EU okay yeah and of course because we're not talking with uh, by when we was the connection between the cap investing in these countries and these countries being according to you uh, yeah one of the most correct countries you know in uh, in those countries uh, family is a huge part of their culture so I was working under my father so I was invisible in the state So, in that way, they provide us 30 to 35,000 euros in order to become a new farmer. And they pop up from this, you were a ghost and now you are part of the system. You pay taxes to buy fertilizers for these four, five specific companies, to buy pesticides for these five, six, seven specific companies. And of course, to buy seeds. And uh, it's easy to target those people at these areas. And of course, Poland has a huge production of... has an increase last year in, in the agricultural sector. And uh, Greece buy a lot of products from Poland, like peas, beans like uh, what else I don't remember now but yeah we buy a lot of things from from Poland actually agricultural sector is economics is numbers yeah so someone has to lose something in order someone other to gain something so the Netherlands produce tons of milk and uh, we buy milk from the Netherlands and our livestock farmers start to disappear in Greece and uh, this is not about economics this comes closer to the environment and uh, is a is a cycle that uh, doesn't work this economic cycle this economic system doesn't work anymore this kind of global global market yes the overproduction in the Netherlands seems to decrease yes of farmers in yes. dairy farmers in Greece because the price in the Netherlands becomes very low. You yeah. can compete with that. Yes. So the globalization and specialization of countries, you're a bit like against that for 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you were also uh, because I think investments, but you see a lot in the Dutch or the agriculture industry in the Netherlands. Um, your family is against investment. Investment you were saying, it, whereas you would like to invest. Is the reason? What What are the reasons um, that they are against investing? Is it getting into debt? Is it? Are there another? What are the reasons? Uh, one reason is that my father is already 62 years old and uh, doesn't want to inve invest. Regenerate agriculture needs about three to five years in order to, to give a profit. So my father is already retired. And uh, our government gives to my father more incentives to continue work with the fields rather than leave it. And we have to educate and get ready those people, those overage farmers, for this specific time of the, their career, the retirement, to be ready to leave the land to new generations. One problem is this. One problem also with the investment is that um, Our government practices and taxes and laws and everything changing a lot every time. So you will not be totally sure about the future. Also market. If I produce something new, new seeds, new products or um, regenerate agriculture or um, Products like we, we produce uh, cotton, corn, wheat. There are all commodities. So if we change to peas, to vegetables, we need a company to buy those products they produce. And uh, if this uh, company leave Greece because from 80s, a lot of industries in industries left Greece for Balkans, for Turkey, in order to low taxes, uh, who, to whom we supposed to sell our products. Yeah. So we can't make uh, this change because we are, we are not independent. We dependent on these big companies. And in Greece, there is only one, there is two companies that buy vegetables but also they control the market yeah so if we if, if we we face uh, a huge problem with overaged farmers and lack of and uh, difficulties in access to land and uh, if we don't build more companies that process uh, food, And uh, with combination with all these fertilizer, pesticide, seed companies that are only four to seven companies in the in the world, we lose to we face to lose the ability to control product prices due to lack of uh, competition. So it's a, it would be a huge problem. And also in Greece, if you go to a supermarket in Greece you will see that the prices are doubled than Spain and are the same 
like here in the Netherlands. Interesting. So um, you work before, you have a lot of experience in the agricultural sector and uh, industries related to this as well. Um, you want to start your own venture to help farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain a bit like yeah, about your venture and how this can contribute to changing the current uh, agricultural system and practices? And, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started my, my ideas was around money, financing. But uh, I realized and I found through a lot of research that there are a lot of money that comes from EU to farmers, but they don't know how to spend it correctly. And also about subsidies, which huge conversation, I don't want to, we don't have time for this, but um, you know, uh, I want to target those people that applied for these programs of young European farmers, new farmers, that CAP wants to enter to the sector. And uh, because CAP provides them with these 30, 35,000 each, I want to target those farmers and together to use those money. Of course, some changes would be nice. Also, there are uh, subsidies if you uh, for fallow techniques, if you leave your field to rest for one year, but now with regenerative agriculture, we can plant a variety of uh, plant crops. Yes, and uh, leave them and increase the soil health and biodiversity rather than leave it bare. Yeah. So there is no subsidy for that, but there is for fallow techniques. Also, there is a subsidy to uh, to use less nitrogen, but also there are some numbers that you can make some calculations and you st- we still use the same amount of nitrogen and we still getting those subsidies. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, actually, I'm targeting to land. So I want to find... I want to connect overage farmers with new generations and to make this swift. And uh, I'm now I'm the, I'm on finding what are the right rewards for overage farmers to leave their land, and what are the right incentives to give to new farmers to become farmers, to young people to become new farmers. And um, my my whole idea is to take the la- that land. Uh, some companies that land off overage farmers. Yes, or? yes. Or for some, actually, there are some examples in my village that people that own land are living in USA or Germany, and they don't use this land, but they're taking the subsidies. Okay. And. Uh, we need to find some rewards and incentives to those people to sell the land. Companies that w- that need to offset their carbon emissions will invest at this specific land, this specific parcel, this specific field. And uh, for eight years, they will receive for free carbon certificates. 
After eight years, we give this land back to the farmer, the new farmer that has been working that land all these eight years. Okay. And uh, now, from an economic perspective, is I I see that it's full, uh, but I, I need to find these exact uh, numbers. What is your path forward? How you? What are the next steps you're going to take after uh, Fresh Ventures finish? Yeah, uh, I already found uh, two co-founders, two girls, nice, very clever girls, and um, they want to help to achieve this uh, this goal. And um, the next step is to. Uh, build a platform and make a campaign a platform that will connect and you will be able to find this piece of land this piece of land around south europe or east europe uh, and with through this platform we we need to actually through the campaign we target to find those people who applied for these programs for eu young uh, programs, young farmer programs, and uh, yeah, 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 it's the uh, the platform and the campaign to find to find those people, what they are doing, where are they work, and uh, then the connection I think will be more easy to do that. What are the current life goals you have you hold? Man, there are too much. <laughs> there are too many. And if you could prioritize some of them, some of these. Yes. Uh, this uh, this race in my life begin with uh, targeting in the environment. I want the seasons back, the four seasons back. I want snow in the winter and I need sun on the summer. And uh, a way to do that, there is a specific point that uh, connects everything and this is land. So if we restore the land and we increase the biodiversity, we maybe will be able to change all these patterns around the environment. So the main point is the land and we need to target to the land and uh, to reduce our use of pesticides and fertilizers because yeah it's 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 weird to to, to have all this knowledge about how um, how dangerous is the food we produce right now how unhealthy and it's not taste so good as when you have a, so a healthy soil so th th this is my this is my my specific target the environment and uh, i would say because you know i love food everything that comes around food um, tasty food 
and uh, a food like smells like when you see a tomato you you want to smell like a tomato um we can change that through regenerated agriculture has this been did you hold this vision did you have this vision already before starting fresh yeah. where you were aware of the regenerative agriculture already before fresh and yeah yes yes not specifically in regenerative agriculture because i didn't know what this is okay yeah and when i start uh, using some techniques like rotations and um, resting the fields and uh, not not plowing uh, my father was outraged yeah uh, he didn't know what i'm doing and i start feeling that yeah maybe i'm crazy what i'm doing what is regenerative agriculture why and when you're thinking about organic agriculture organic products that before in 70s when conventional agriculture started with using by using fertilizers and pesticides we increase yields it was something new and uh, then organic became a trend now organic is the, the base and regenerated agriculture is the trend so i was afraid and i'm still afraid not becoming the regenerative agriculture a base of our techniques because after normal fertilizers now we used to to apply organic fertilizers and after years we use regenerative fertilizers so we have to focus on that on that term but regenerative agriculture is not just a term is a whole philosophy of yeah and has there been a defining moment for you or experience that shaped your current life goals around uh, the land and the focus on the environment two things one was that uh, i couldn't increase my yields as uh, higher as a specific uh, point so i tried i i, I tried different techniques i used uh, i applied more fertilizers and less fertilizers and nothing worked i had every year problem with uh, with diseases with weeds and of course our yields depending on the weather so i realized that the problem has come from the weather and the soil uh, and what was the connection between them of course it's the same thing actually because we degraded the land the climate changed and uh, then i started to to see patterns on the weather we had uh, every every year hail which was something unique for us in our territory you had heavy rains and some years not even once and it was different than when you were younger yes yes a lot of different yeah it was more stable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, this change so our yield depends on on the weather so i realized that i have to or plant earlier 
or plant uh, sow the seeds later. And then I changed uh, I changed I planted different uh, plants like peas and spinach to see what would be the results. They give you know an extra push to the the soil to the yield but again nothing uh, was working and then I used cover crops and I saw that okay here is moisture uh, in, in the field because when we try to irrigate our uh, field with corn uh, in the middle of June or July even now back in my farm um, you leave two hours at the same place your system, your irrigation system and uh, the water is evaporates because of we have 43 degrees right now for yeah, the soil cannot uptake the water yes, 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 yes and okay. another change uh, regarding the climate was the, the days of, uh, of heat we used to have 40 degrees but for two days only now we have 43 and 45 degrees for 8 and 10 days so the plant doesn't yeah, yeah it's impossible for the plant to grow yeah. these conditions without water and with the they're with suffering some, yeah yeah for a long they time. are stressed yeah. yeah and then we used also some bio stimulants or yes yes but no doesn't, doesn't work, work. Mm -mm. doesn't work also if you if you if you need more time to irrigate your field uh, 10 hours of during the night is not enough so you have to uh, irrigate in the middle of the day so it's no there's no opportunity to for you to irrigate properly your field because the water evaporates and if the water is on the leaves and the sun is burning the leaves is the double damage double damage um considering or if you want to stay a farmer for a longer period of your of your time are you worried about the climate or the global warming the effects of it on on your land yeah we notice that uh, we are gradually becoming like uh, africa the environment of africa yeah of north africa yes and uh, by using uh, regenerated agriculture or planting more trees because trees uh, brings uh, bring water bring rain so maybe this could be changed of course with combination with uh, smart systems AI technology precision agriculture precision agriculture and uh, also that it's something that I would like to try is agrivoltaics uh, what is that agrivoltaics is um, solar panels but they don't uh, take the land but is uh, six meters high or five or four depends 
in order to be able the tractor or the agricultural machinery pass through this uh, the field so these panels allow sun to to go through the yeah to go through um, the, the panels yeah yeah and uh, takes they takes a part of the sun yeah and uh, while they not burn the leaves so is the electric is the electricity used to power specific machinery or on the land or is it or does it go to the grid but and it serves more as a shadow as a shed for uh, actually the the, uh, actually do everything, they uh, do everything. yeah uh, it's very good to shadow the the, the, the plants the, the leaves because they also need sunlight right to grow yeah 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 and uh, also if you irrigate this uh, specific uh, field which yeah. is down of, uh, under these uh, solar panels yeah. uh, you will not lose so much you will not have this evaporation yeah and uh, also the power goes to the grid yeah. but you can also charge your electric uh, tractor yeah for example what you see after in in, in where i was working in Burkina with uh, in the agri industry that the um, solar panels were connected for example to a pump in a well mm -hmm. instead of using diesel mm -hmm. or uh, yeah, and the lights and uh, that it goes directly back into machinery mm -hmm. on the land mm -hmm. so i can see a connection there I think. yeah you can uh, achieve this uh, you can compromise yeah. the, the whole system around the around a good plan good in engineer plan plan uh, you can do everything you want but in our country because we use electric power from the national grid in order to pump uh, water from the ground and it's way down below the ground yeah it's yeah, over several meters down yeah maybe. yeah yeah okay. uh, you need a lot of power so solar panels maybe not be able to to give you that power but of course you can use it yeah yeah i see what or who are you responsible for what do you mean do you feel responsible for your for your field for your land do you are you feel responsible for your for parents or are you more like some people are, are more like free birds don't they're young they don't feel any responsibilities do you feel any responsibilities? I don't feel responsible for these problems, but I'm responsible now to solve these problems. So... What do you mean by that? Yes. Uh, it, it isn't my fault that we, we are on that situation around agricultural sector. Uh, is the wrong allocation of money is the is the wrong use of land is the lack of competition is and also is overage farmers that every farmer that became a farmer became because uh, they couldn't study so this changed now we are educated around um, yeah agronomy 
agricultural economy, ecology, everything. And now we can change it. If we don't, we are totally responsible. And I can say we are more responsible rather than previous generations. Because before they didn't maybe have the knowledge, but now the yes. new generation, they have the knowledge, so they cannot really yes. look away anymore. They see the problem, so you have to act on it. And if you yes. look away, it's even worse. Yes, and even if you don't have the knowledge, there is now technology that can provide you with every detail of your field, of your climate around your field, the seeds you you spend, the fertilizer you spend, everything. So we need to uh, invest in technology and of course in the knowledge I think is already there, uh, the money are already there, but we have to allocate it the correctly right to the right people in the right areas, in the right fields and yeah. It's so not easy of course. No, of course not. When do you feel most at peace? <laughs> I can say that for 33 years old, 30, 33 years now, uh, I couldn't sleep because I, wo- I was always feel that I need something to do for that situation. And because I was trying to speak with my father, with my family, with uh, the neighbor farmer, and they couldn't understand you know when you they didn't see the problem or I I don't know if they can see the problem they can see the problem but they don't they don't care actually if you talk with a farmer uh, from February to July doesn't care for anything but his fields Because he has a product, he invested on that product and must sell that product. When you go to that farmers and speak to them from August to, let's say, November, December, they are more relaxed, they talk about this, but when the February, when in, in February, they have to do that all the procedures again, to plant, to prepare the field and everything, they need someone to tell them, okay, this year don't do that. We will try something different. But there's no one there. So they start doing again and again the same thing that they actually know better. They don't, they, they can't do anything else. It's It's... I can understand them, but yeah. Have you found your pe- have you have you found your peace already? Yes, I'm now I'm 34. Last one year I left Greece. I left of I left a country that's totally corrupted in every sector. Actually, we don't have a government. Is uh, we don't believe on in them so. And now with the fires in the, the island, the roads, the government was disappeared and uh, all these tourists are alive, tourists are alive because of local people. Not because of the government, you say? No, no. But the, the channels and the TV says that 
government do everything they can, but no. And this is not a problem about Rhodes or Greece. Greece is the rural community of Europe. We can't lose forests. We can't lose biodiversity. And such a biodiversity like Greece. So, yeah. And at this specific moment, uh, there are five or six uh, uh, points of uh, fire in, in Greece. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I left... I left Greece and I found uh, that I can follow my dreams now and uh, and after being here I feel more that okay it's difficult to bring the change but you can try and life is isn't the what you will achieve in the end but is the journey and now I found, you know, something that is uh, something that is huge, and worth fighting for. Yes, yes. And while helping farmers, and at the same time saving, let's say, a local environment, I don't think there is something bigger than that. How do you grow and how do you develop yourself? Oh, through a lot of problems, through a lot of difficulties, through a lot of jobs. Uh, yeah, one quick, uh, let's say, roadmap is that um, I was an athlete uh, of Taekwondo. 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 Yeah. Yes. And uh, because, again, lack of uh, local communities and government uh, support and everything, we couldn't go to European fights and okay. everything. It was all around the main capital of Greece. We can talk some <laughs> other time about this, but yes. So we are on the road to become professional. Or what, what were you? Yeah, yeah. You can you can continue your uh, your work, and uh, when you really try to to do to, to become an athlete, and there is no support, you stop believing in yourself. And um, I was also a professional musician, and I was playing music in different uh, concerts and. Uh, events and everything but again the um, uh, yeah I, I in every word I say must be the corruption <laughs> because we, okay so yeah after that I destroyed my my hands uh, because I wanted to play more instruments like guitar drums buzuki is a traditional instrument of Greece and I destroyed my hands because they were familiar to piano and not to the other instruments. Yeah, and then uh, I went to the army, I joined the army. It was uh, actually a difficult moment. And uh, after that I had to make my internship as a mechanical engineer. 
and uh, I've done my industry by printing copies, as everyone in Greece is doing. They, we don't work in our internships. They just put us in a room and leave us there. So <clears throat> I had to learn something, so I started reading and reading and reading and reading lots of books. And then I asked them, okay, I have to do something. I, 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 I'm bored. I, my mind is stuck. I have to do something. And then I start um, changing uh, and improving the whole supply system with barcodes, new system, SAP, the, the, the program. And, uh, and after that, it was 2013, we were in the middle of the crisis, and let's say that as citizens of Greece, we didn't have economical crisis. We had a lot of money outside the banks, and they just wanted to spend all this money and then to be dependent on the banks. It's a great plan. And uh, yeah, a um, lot of industries left the country, so I couldn't find a proper job. So I was working in different companies and everything. Uh, I started working in the fields again. Then I, I went uh, in UNICEF to become a salesman from door-to-door -door sales. It was very, very difficult, but I learned so much, so many yeah. things from that. Because I was hitting... I was doing the same. Man. Yeah. Somebody knows, people like, no. Like, yeah, yeah. No, thank yeah. you. No, go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then real, I realized that you get 50 no's, but then one opens your door and say, yeah, I would be interested, but no, thank you. It was quite polite. Okay. And then another door opens and says, yeah, come, come in, come in. Uh, do you want uh, a water? It's two o'clock in the noon. Do you want to eat something? And I said, okay. That is nice. Yeah. And uh, then I, you realize that the no, when someone says no to you, it's not about because they don't like you, but because it's not ready about that you are talking about. And you have to move on. You have to move on until you find the right person. How do you deal with these kind of adversity or these challenges, these moments? Uh, it was it was very difficult. It was very difficult. It changed. Did you overcome them? How did you deal with it? Uh, Keep you moving. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I was uh, my team was extraordinary. Uh, they they were let's say, very strong people with strong stomach, we say in Greece. And uh, I wasn't that person. I wasn't very shy. I was very shy, polite, but I had to change in order to achieve something and something that was good because I was selling something that was good. And uh, yeah, I... I, I don't think that I overcome this, but it came uh, 
an offer from the an insurance company so i moved yeah i moved to the insurance company start selling again something that is very important again about insurance life insurance uh, but after one year i realized again that actually is the same thing yeah and uh, yeah i couldn't do that anymore and uh, i opened my own office and then i realized that i can't have my own office because i can't pay taxes as many as as much money as i get as much money i have to give back so there is no uh, there's no reason to work more because if i manage to gain 100 customers more i had to pay more taxes so my profit was the same so i lose my interest i see yeah and yeah, that is interesting i think we're do, we're coming to the end of the podcast mm mm-hmm. uh one of my questions uh which i want to finish the podcast is uh, what's the meaning of life george <laughs> the meaning of life oh difficult very difficult i think if you if you searching if you search you you try to find your pieces of value that you can deliver i think you will be you will have more peace in your mind and uh, the most valuable thing in my life is to be able to sleep at night so what are those things that you are thinking overnight those are the things that you have to solve and something else uh now with uh, our journey here we one of our main problems were to differentiate our ideas and problems and uh, solutions from the market but we don't try to differentiate ourselves for the other ones we are tend to become same with everyone we trying to follow someone that we think that doing something good we need to be ourselves to grow ourselves to become uh centered for our life yourself yeah to become u- unique okay so it's it's weird to to try to differentiate your product in order to sell it to a person and not uh differentiate yourself from the others in order to provide something different because we have different values and by exchanging these values we can evolve thank you 
Thank you so much. What do you want to be remembered for? I don't think that is the, my main goal, to be remembered. Yeah, I was. I, I only want my family to know that I'm not crazy and I'm trying to do to, to bring the change. But it's not about bringing the change, but about trying to bring the change. Yeah. Thank you, George. Thank you for being part of this podcast. I think uh, in the beginning, you're, you you could be misunderstood by the, by the covert, from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can be a mysterious guy, don't really know what's going on. But I feel like throughout this podcast, I got to know you better <laughs> and I got to understand your way of thinking. So I want to thank you for being here and uh, yeah, sharing your thoughts with us, with me. Thank you for being part. Thank you very much, Leva. It was actually it was great. Thank you. This is the Overnight Oats podcast. In this series, you hear the stories of entrepreneurs in the food system who want to do good for the people and planet. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episodes where we further dive into the lives of other changemakers. You can follow George on LinkedIn to find out how his next venture will unfold.